0: All right, welcome to another episode of Survival Mode, and I am blessed to ha- today to have Isabel. She is, to date, the youngest person that I've had on the podcast, and um, and she was sh- starting to share her story. Uh, re- as we speak right now, she's 24 years old, but uh, early on in her younger years, Um, she was diagnosed with a tumor and I am blessed to have her today to share a little bit about her experience for sure. So Isabel, welcome.
1: Hi Todd, it's nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, this is great. So I know we talked just a little bit, we're going to just backtrack. So Mm -hmm. tell me when You know, how old were you when you were, you know, kind of what happened? I know you said that you, um, you had a seizure, right? At at four. Yeah. Share a little bit about that if you could.
1: Okay. Um, well, it was on March 1st, 2003. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table. Um, my parents were, um, making lunch and they turn over and see me face down on the floor. And, um, and they came over, my dad ran over to get the phone to call 911. My mom came over to me. It took about maybe minutes for the paramedics to arrive. Um, they took me to the local hospital near us. Um, they ran a battery of tests on me and blood work. And the doctors saw something. They couldn't exactly say what it was. I was there for maybe a couple more hours. Um, and after that, they released me um, and I went home. A week later, we met with um, Cedars, a neurologist. Um, and he talked to my parents. He looked at the picture and he said it was a brain tumor. Um, the next minute I was being a admitted into cedars he said to my parents that i could be in surgery in the next 48 hours he told my parents um
0: that's incredible do you you know i know you were super young do you remember this at all or
1: i can remember bits and pieces um after they admitted me they ran the test when they came back, they realized that the tumor was diffused and um and it would be too hard to resect the tumor. So after that, I kinda, you know, went back to school, you know. We took a year of just kind of my parents met with other hospitals to get other opinions. And I think they met with like um. Cedars, obviously, um, uh, one hospital in San Francisco, Children's Hospital, UCLA, and they all gave the same um, word it's too uh, diffused. And so we kind of took a year off. Um, it kind of just to think, you know. Only one hospital actually offered surgery, actually um, for it was UCLA, but we did not go with them, actually.
0: Okay. So what did they diagnose the tumor as the type? Yep.
1: Um, they after the second, um, they said it was a oligodendroglioma, low uh, grade two.
0: So what does that mean? Like for somebody that doesn't know cancer, not cancer.
1: Well, back then it was so different of how they, I think they said it was brain cancer. It was cancerous. Okay. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's how we kind of found out, um, me having a brain tumor. Wow.
0: So what what, what did you guys opt for? You know, it sounded like you guys did your parents did a lot of research, uh, talked to a lot of hospitals. What did you wind up finally doing with, in the, ho- with a hospital? Did you have surgery, you know?
1: Uh, so after the one they met <clears throat> with all the different doctors, um, they chose a uh, Cedars, um, a year later when I was five, mm-hmm. they d- decided to go with them because, My parents talked to the surgeon and he was like, I think my parents said, um, that he said, instead of focusing on resecting the tumor, let's try to focus on seizure control because I was having 15 to 20 per month as a child. Wow. So it was really, um, affecting me intellectually. It was. So my parents said, OK, so I went to Houston to run a battery of tests on me, mapping out the brain and everything. Um, after that, we came back and they did t- the surgery is about seven hours. My first surgery, wow. they took them the tumor out.
0: Wow. Do you remember any of the, the post surgery at all?
1: I still remember when I was being rolled into the E the OR. Um, I remember seeing all the doctors and nurses and the next moment I'm out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. So. And and the after, do you remember after? Like was it you um,
1: know? After I tried I kind of remember waking up, um, but it's kind of hard to remember everything um but I can kind of remember I remember it was when I because I was a child they used to bring arts and crafts in for me to play with so
0: okay so you had some surgery Mm -hmm. um and then some of the treatment was was what uh, chemo or radiation
1: um it was just chemo I was too young to have radiation yeah at that time um, so I went on, I believe I was on on a pill oral pill I was put on. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I had infusion, chemotherapy. Um, they to put a pick line in for mm-hmm. me to go in every other three weeks I went in. Yeah, um, I did it was like standard protocols. I mean, it wasn't really gonna shrink the tumor more. It was just kind of like standard. Yeah. Um, so that was another tough year. Um when I did that, it was even more scarier for my parents that year. Um I got a horrible staph infection.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it was um I got two the first one wasn't horrible. Um, but then the second infection I got like i told you earlier when um my parents pulled me out of school we used to go to san francisco a lot
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um you know just get away um from home and my mom came in the room and took my temperature and um <clears throat> she looked at it and it was 107 my temperature
0: wow That's pretty high
1: <laughs> it very was very high, high. Yeah, it was very high. So the next month we're rushing back to LA. Um, I got admitted in. I was in the hospital for about seven days. I was there. Um, it took about a couple. I literally was rejecting every antibiotics that they had. Wow. And my, yeah, <laughs> my dad talked to the neurologist and she, the oncologist, I mean, um, the oncologist. And she said to my dad, if this doesn't drop, we only have one more antibiotics. If it doesn't drop and she doesn't respond to this and I don't know what to do next.
0: Wow, that's she, scary.
1: Yeah, my dad says more scared than being diagnosed actually.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. That must have been hard on them. Did you realize what was going on or not? No, really?
1: not really. I mean, I kind of remember a little bit, you know, with me, I think when you're a child, you know, you're more res- you're very resilient. Yeah. So even though it was a lot going on for me, it was like I'm in the hospital, you know. I don't know as much going on, so um, I kind of say it, it's always hard. But I think as a child it was easier because I didn't know what was going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it's kind of that that blissful childhood state a little bit, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's more. It's it's hard. It's probably so traumatic for your parents for sure um so let me ask you a question so around how old were you around this time with chemo and then getting an infection and all that around roughly
1: um it was after my second surgery um so i was about to turn eight okay. when i was on chemo i was on for about 15 months. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's when my parents pulled me out of school that year when I started the chemo.
0: And so, and I know you talked about this earlier with me, but just for the audience. So what, what was that like for you? And why did they pull, why did your parents pull you out of school?
1: Um, The reason why my parents pulled me out is when I was going back to school, my teachers would give me assignments and they would just like look at it and not have a single clue how to answer it. Like they were giving me math and I just, so my parents took me to a neuropsych to see, to be evaluated and she, she used this term. So it'd be easier for my parents to understand is she said, my brain is like a unorganized uh, filing cabinet, she said. Mm she kind of described it, that my words are not in order. So when you ask me something, sometimes I can't um, answer it right away, even if it's wrong or right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like my brain is searching for that word that I know I want to use, mm-hmm. but it's not in order, you know? Yeah. Yeah board so that's why they pulled me out and they wanted me to get education so I went to see um a educational therapist to help
0: oh wow so how did that go for you because you were out of school your mom probably was homeschooling you a little bit right and you went to yeah and and god bless your mom and dad for sure that's it it had to be so hard for them you know what i mean and and you you know no doubt um but oh my god the the you know what so what was like what was it like for you 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 were kind of with your mom all the time right
1: (laughs) (sighs) i was like um you know as a child i was fine you know i went everywhere with my mom you're right it was a lot on my parents you know even being married (laughs) to my parents being married it was a lot on them you know their life it wasn't just my life that changed my parents you know they didn't get to do things like a typical couple get to do i mean i think they Liddy for my entire childhood even in teen my parents didn't ever even get out to go on a trip my parents yeah um it was good you know through the years I was with her um I did want to go back to school but my mom you know obviously was like you know it's not on the right level so she let me go back to just see my friends and do like fun art classes like art music fun events stuff like that
0: yeah I was gonna ask you that like how did that impact you know and this is not just for kids that have brain tumors kids that may have cancer or all kinds of things you know how did that impact your your friends and your relationships like did you have some close friends were you able to stay in contact like how how was that for you
1: it was um hard, you know, I got to see my friends a couple days a week. I got to and I stayed in contact with them, obviously until we graduated later on. but I stayed in contact with um I had a really small class, so it wasn't that many kids but um stayed in contact with like one of my friends, and it was kind of nice because. They kind of grew up with me having seizures. So, you know, my mom would take me to school. She would stay there, let me hang out with them um, and all that, you know, to, you know, I would go down to art, uh, music, but my friends really, you know, accepted it. They kind of learned what to do and everything.
0: That's that's great. So tell me like this recovery process for you. You know, you went through chemo. Uh, I know that you mentioned in our conversation, you know, it did affect you cognitively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how how was it for you? Like how, like, how's you know, do you have any residual? What what are kind of the residual effects that you had going through school and even until now? Like how?
1: Um, so probably, you know, it was in the beginning, I was fine, you know, you know, I was young as a child. So I was like, you know, okay, I'm lower on an academic level. As time went on, probably around middle school, it started to hit me, where it was a lot harder. Emotionally, I kind of felt left out. You know, there were so many things that I wanted to do that I could see my friends do. And sometimes I couldn't relate to them because they had no clue what it felt like. Um, so I would say it was probably, and it affected me probably, even if today it's still hard, I can't read a book. I have to use audiobook. Okay. Um, I learned basic uh, basic math, um, you know, on a first grade level, you know, because my educational therapist just wanted me to learn standard math and she really wanted me to focus on reading to improve. Mm-hmm. But even like you were asking about today, you know, I didn't get to go to a college, a university or art college, I did go to um a specialized program for young adults with different learning disabilities, but I didn't get to go to a regular college like my friends did.
0: Did you want to?
1: Yes, I mean, if i I wish I could, um, but I can't, you know, I didn't take my s a t any of that, so I do wish I will always, <laughs> but um. I, in high school, I finally accepted for what I have in my life.
0: Yeah, You know, I'm sitting here listening to you and it's just amazing. Um, I'm not sure I would have been as good as you at that age. You know, I, it, I remember my teenage years, you know, rebellious, you know, all kinds. And I'm sure you had, you know, all of the things that have led up from, you know, being young and affected by a brain tumor and all that has led you to, to coping with it. So you mentioned that in high school, you came to terms with that. Like how, how did that come about? Like, Did you hit a bottom, where you like down and then you were just, did you have help? There was a counselor helping you. Tell
1: me a little bit about how that came about. I came to reality with it um, because I have lived with it for so many years. Um, I kind of looked at it as, you know, I'm lucky that I am here, um, that my brain tumor has been stable. Every annual MRI scan, it hasn't shown any growth at all. Um, you know how, like, with other cancers in the body, it can spread, you know, with other types. And mine can, and, and no matter what, it always sucks having a brain tumor, but never have to ever worry of, like, well, what if it spreads, you know, then it's even worse. And so I kind of, and I look at other people around my age, back when I was a teen, seeing them in the hospital in and out constantly. And I'm not, I'm here living my life to the fullest. I live one day at a time. Um, I try not to think of, is it growing? Because I can't tell unless I have a scan done. So I really, um, that's how I kind of really came to see, kind of got over that it's not fair I don't like my life I having this life I hate it because you can stay angry or sad but I try to learn not to let that consume my life consume me
0: I love it I think anybody of any age could glean some wisdom out of what you just said for sure, no matter what the challenge is. Um, so let me let me ask, because it's it's burning in my mind. Is you mentioned that there was other? Did you join groups of with kids that had brain tumors? Were you connected with other brain tumor survivors of you know of kids? You know, mm-hmm. you know, age group.
1: Um, there's that's one thing I always wanted to have is a way to connect with other, but there was never really a camp out there actually for brain tumors. I mean, there was a lot of like mixed cancer, you know, uh, places, but a lot of them were sleepaway camps. And it was really hard because of the seizures I had constantly. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I always wanted that but there's really no place. I just never felt like I, um, fit in with broad mix of cancer patients. Cause it's so different than in a way of, um, brain tumors are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Brain tumors are just very, very different. So let me ask you, cause this is kind of the second part of my question is what you've had, chemo and it wasn't to shrink anything it was just kind of a standard protocol yeah now what did they say kind of was the future you know and and with it and is it growing like what what kind of what was being told to you and what's reality for you right now with it
1: um like with my brain tumor like now how it is
0: yeah how it is now
1: um for right now, um, it's been fine. It's been stable um, in everything. Uh, every time I've gotten my scan, it's been fine. Um, the doctor always said it's a low grade, so it's not an aggressive one.
0: Okay, good.
1: So, luckily, it has not shown any uh, uh, growing at all, actually, for the last 19 years
0: that's fantastic Mm -hmm. that is fantastic i'm sure that put do you get uh, scans every year
1: um so to go a little back um in 2020 um that was a tough year actually um back in 2020 i was going in for my every annual scan every year Mm -hmm. um you know, that was a tough year because of COVID. I didn't get to have graduation. And on top of that, um, I went in and the results came back and they did see a new tumor actually growing. Um, It was the size of a dime. So um, I did have to have a third surgery for that. Did they take it out? Yeah. Um, luckily the tumor was in the cavity where the previous tumor that got resected, it was actually there. So there's really no, um, any issues that were going to happen. My surgeon told me, okay. So she said there's really, it's not touching anything. So there's really no risk. Um, she was gonna to try to resect more of my old tumor, but I told her I don't, I didn't want that. There were some risks that came with that, so.
0: Do you remember what the risks are?
1: Yeah, so mine is near um, a verbal speech area. So she told me that if they try to resect more, uh, it's where I would be able to talk, but if you handed me a phone, And you said, what type of phone is this? I would say it's a phone, Well, what type? I wouldn't be able to like tell the exact type it was.
0: Wow, yeah, did you make make that decision yourself?
1: Yes, you know, I told, I was talking to my parents and I just said, I asked, is is that, that tumor growing? And she said, no, it's perfectly stable. And I said, as long as it's stable, I don't want to take that risk, you know, I'm it's the next chapter in my life. I don't want to push it back, you know, so that's, I did decide not to do it. Her just removed the uh, new one. That's a tough decision to make, right? Yeah.
0: It is a tough decision to make, you know um, what, you know, it's funny because I 2020 was a bad year for me, for sure. Yeah. You know, that's when I was diagnosed and two weeks later, I'm having brain surgery, but it was the chief of neurosurgery said, I don't know what it is, but it has to come out. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It wasn't like, Hey, let me think about it. Let me, I don't know. You know, he went through, you know, the risks and I was like, okay, but you know, three surgeries, you know, I don't care what anybody says. When somebody's going into the CPU of your whole body, yeah, it's a big deal.
1: It is. <laughs> it's no, no. a big deal.
0: Wow. So let yeah. me ask you, let me ask you a couple of questions about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you prepare for surgeries? Like, were you like, okay, you felt okay about it, or there was a sense of nervousness, or what was kind of um, your mindset with that?
1: When I first found out, it was a big shock first because for 18 years, I never got a result telling they do something. So mm-hmm. it was a big thing with that. But when it came up, I had to do some tests mm-hmm. uh, for it, um, evaluation from a neuropsych. Um, I had to do a functional MRI and all that. But when it got down to the surgery, um, I felt like I have been in the hospital so much, it wasn't new. So I, maybe I was a little nervous, but because my surgeon told me, um, and it actually was, it's funny that you uh, asked about the surgeon is, um, it's the same one that Wendy saw actually.
0: Dr. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kinda, cause she said there are really no risk of anything. In the surgery, I kind of wasn't horribly scared as much. You know, I just, I've been in the hospital so many times, it wasn't like new for me, you know?
0: Kind of like a way, yeah, because you've had so much experience with it.
1: Yeah, and I kind of just grew up with it. So it kind of became part of my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you now what's, what's life like for you now? What, what do you do? You know, do you work? Do you, you know?
1: Um, um, so right now, um, I'm working at my dad's business office actually right now. Nice. Um, you know, I've been working there. I've been working at another company. Um, I'm kind of on and off with them but hopefully they return back um, soon and I'll start working there again. Um, but it's been good, you know, I've been working, doing stuff, staying active and everything, so.
0: That's, that's great, so when you work, what kinds of work do you do, do you, you know?
1: Um, so at my dad's office, I do, I'm like a, an assistant, you know, with different things, things that are like need to be done, but are not like a priority for his employees, you know? Yeah. Kind of little things that need to get done. And I kind of do that. Um, I do that for my dad.
0: That's fantastic. Now, do you drive?
1: I no, I can't drive because I've never been seizure free, so I can't. Um, so I have, um, people around clock, Um, care to get me where I need to go okay great yeah so
0: tell me more I'm sorry
1: oh no um yeah it's around clock so they get me like when I want to see my friends or need to get to the market or pretty much wherever I need to go um um, my parents have like a guest house I kind of live here you know and the good thing is if something happens they can get to me and all that. So, so yeah.
0: And so you're pretty independent with some help, with some help, which is, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you more questions. You're able functionality physically, you're able to walk and move. You don't have any deficits in any way like that.
1: Uh, no, I know, um, any of that actually just really my learning is and reading has been pretty much the long-term effect on me. But physically, I am a little weaker on my right side, but not weak enough to affect me.
0: And so, you know, and this is me personally, I, I take care of myself, you know, I eat well and do a workout and do all that. Do you do any types of things to improve your health or stay active?
1: Um, so I go to the gym, try to stay active, you know, uh, I have a limit I can do because I'm on some powerful medication that make me very fatigued but i try to stay as active as i can to stay in good shape and uh, good health too
0: that's fantastic now my next question is friends and relationships you know Mm -hmm. do you have a kind of an active friends and hang out and do all kinds of stuff
1: yeah, I have um, a friend that just moved out here not too long ago, a lot of my friends live in other states so it's a little hard but I FaceTime with them to stay connected, but one of my friends uh, just moved out here probably almost a year ago. Okay, so she's really uh, she's one of my close friends. uh so we hang out a lot actually a lot.
0: That's awesome. So let me ask you a couple questions about um, how you live your life, right? Like mentally, right? This, mm-hmm. this happened, you know, happened through the, you know, the formative years of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You're yes. Right. So what kind of mindset do you have about life like are you do you feel like you're positive do you feel like you kind of get down like you know we're all human we get yes. ups and downs and all that so tell me a little bit about your mindset in general
1: um you know i believe to try to stay as much as positive but like you said no one can no one can stay happy and positive every single day but i try not to ever let anything consume me like affect my everyday life. I know we all are going to have, you know, sad days. You know, I was really, I was really frustrated that I had to have a third surgery, but I knew I had to have it. And that was emotional. But after it, I just always view it as try to stay positive, live one day at a time. Because you don't know what the next day will be is how I kind of look at it.
0: So let me ask you, cause this was my struggle when I was younger, right? People used mm-hmm. to say to me, um, just take it one day at a time. It's kind of a mantra of like yeah. addicts or alcoholics anonymous or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and so how do you take it one day at a time? Like, how do you like practice that? Like, and it may be a hard question to answer.
1: Yeah. That may be a little difficult one. Um, But I think it's also my mom has always said that like sometimes I will get ahead of things where it's like, no, you need to just start today and not keep uh, assuming, you know, like the future and stuff. So for me, I just believe kind of, I know like you said, it's used a lot. Um, But I think for me, it's just a way to like live for today you know because every day could be different you know so
0: yeah every day could be different so through this experience if you had if I had to ask you this question what was your biggest learning from all of this all of this yeah this (laughs) is hard it may
1: be hard yeah um that's a tough one to think of actually. That's all right. If
0: something yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Now, if you had, if somebody was going through a challenge, like a brain tumor diagnosis, mm-hmm. what advice would you give somebody?
1: Advice? My advice would be, um, I would say probably, you know, Hold on one second. <laughs> sure. um, I would probably say, you know, you have, you know, obviously it's gonna be an emotional roller coaster, you know. That tie was when I found out I had a new tumor. Um, you know, I think one way is always look for support, you know. Um, make sure you have a good, hopefully you have a good support family and friends. Um, But I think one thing that can always help is if after finding out and you need help to grieve or anger, definitely never let push that down. Definitely, you know, you have the right to be frustrated. Um, But then they, you'll get through it. You know, there's going to be, it's not going to be a smooth, you know, ride, but just try to, you know, live one day at a time. And, you know, that's how I kind of view it.
0: I love it. I love it. And, you know, I so appreciate you coming on this and, and being open to sharing your experience, especially, you know, being younger, you know, and and having this experience, and maybe at some point, and um, you could ask your mom, and maybe we could interview her because I'm sure if she's open to sharing her experience of going through this and having a child, you know, go through that too. Maybe we could have a part two. Sometimes I have returning people, yeah, and uh, you know if she's ever open because this this podcast is, you know, I, people that are brain tumor survivors, mm-hmm. we do, I do post it in some, in, um, some brain tumor support groups. Yeah. And so this, some people learn and this gives them hope, um, as they kind of go through their challenges. And so, um, if whoever's listening to this, wherever it's posted, definitely comment below. If you'd like to hear more about what, How would, you know, somebody who's supporting somebody, a child for sure, that's got to be so hard and, and your strength and going through this, like, I'm not sure I'm sitting here listening to you and I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure that I would be at your age as strong as you were. And as you are, and you're living your life. And, um, I think that's awesome.
1: Thanks. And one thing actually I, I started actually was a support group since you actually brought that up actually.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. You have a support group that you're in or that you created?
1: I created actually.
0: Do you want to share it right now? The name of it?
1: Yeah. So the name of the group, um, it's called, uh, brain tumor survivors, uh, slash cancer. So it's for either you can be benign or cancerous and it's only for those types. You can't have, it's not for any other type of cancer. Um, it's, so there's a link I have. You can click um, and look it up of why created it and everything. It I have it every other month I have it. And uh, I have some routine. Some haven't uh, came, but, um, but yeah, so there's really, it's really just a support group. Um, I believe it's, I forgot what I na- I think I named it Brain Tumor Survivors Come Together. Um, so that's more on a link of a website I have. And it shows you the email to contact me to get the information.
0: Awesome. And what we'll do, and I'll get the information, I'll put it in the show notes. So people that click on this and listen to it wherever I post it, we'll have that opportunity to go to your site. Would that be good?
1: Yeah, that's perfect.
0: And you could share this. And this is really here to help others too, you know, through your experience. And I know when I was going through it and I continue to be in some Facebook support groups. Um, one of the things when I, I went into a lot of them when I was first diagnosed and some were like, Oh my God, it was very overwhelming. So then I kind of condensed it down and I found a couple that I call home and, um, I'm always there trying to help support somebody who's going through a hard time, um, because we all need some support. And I think my Definitely. own experience with living my life. I think the brain tumor was a gift for me to start to look at my life very differently mm-hmm. In- instead of, um, kind of grinding life out. Like it was, uh, a marathon, uh, a sprint, I should say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: but Isabel, I so thank you for coming on and You're welcome. Um, sharing your story and, um, I wish you so much in I mean, one quick question. Yeah. Before I end, because I remember at 24, I'm like, what what do I want? You know, you have all those things going on. Yeah. What, what do you what do you want? Like kind of, you know, you got your life ahead of you. What's kind of your your goal? Or do you have a dream? Or what I, do you want to
1: do? I would like to a goal in my life and my future too is um. I say I want to have a good experience at my new job that hopefully I'll start in April. And some point, there's really no like exactly when, but I would like to uh, write a book with a co-writer about my whole journey.
0: That is, that's fantastic. You mentioned, I want to bring this up because you mentioned it a couple of times that you, (laughs) like when you went to school, you did art. Are you, do you do art or anything like that?
1: I used to do art a lot when I was younger because I actually when I because I wasn't in school, pretty much my entire life. Um, I actually would make art. I would do like a painting, and my mom would get it copied on to look like um, a thank you card. So I had like my own little business where I would sell my art. Actually, I kind of stopped as I got. On Older, but I used to do it when I was little younger.
0: That's awesome. That is so awesome. And I I'm glad we kind of went back to hear that Mm because I think one of the things too that you know some of the brain tumor survivors I talk to, it's important for us to live our lives and try to not get stuck in symptom and not you know our symptoms, and it's hard. Yeah. Looking forward to something and and creating um a life for ourselves so um, yes isabel it's been such a joy so yes thank, thank you
1: thank you too